welcome to the next podcast from millinery.info. Today's podcast is with Rachel Henson. She's based in Canberra at her home studio where she creates pieces for theatrical work as well as other special occasions. Thank you for joining us to do this um, podcast today, Rachel. And we just wanted to have a bit of a chat about your the piece you made for the Millinery Association Design Award. Could you tell us a bit about the piece? I knew you were going to ask this question, and it's not a particularly exciting answer. I really just wanted to make a hat that had some flowers on it. And I, I guess I was interested in making sure that I just used traditional millinery materials I didn't want to I just wanted to make a really nice wearable hat um and I because the thing was evening uh, the the fairly obvious choices for materials were velvet and silk so I that that is what I concentrated on I ended up making a bunch of flowers on a hat it really <laughs> it really is that simple you know it was there were multiple blockings in the piece and um I uh, just concentrated on making something that was uh, somebody would like wearing and that would look nice on the head. Um, how did you first become interested in millinery? Yeah, and again, people ask me this and it's kind of, it's it, it's a hard question to answer because I don't know that there was one particular moment where I thought, yes, that that I that is what I want to do. I I always looked at hats and they always fascinated me, I guess because... Um, you know, when somebody puts a hat on their head, you know, part of their personality gets enhanced, um, you know, that, and because I didn't know anything about the materials and, and I suppose that the sculptural aspect of hats really, really interested me. Um, and so when I, uh, I was looking, I was looking around for how I could learn to make hats and, and um, started a TAFE course in Canberra, but my, my training has actually been very patchy and all over the place up until the last few years. So, um, yeah, I, I, it, was, it was just that hats, hats really can do something for someone. There, there's something mysterious about us and, and subtlety in, in a well-made hat that, you know, you think, how can it do that for somebody? But they do, and so that, that, really, that really attracts me. Um, so how did you go about learning about millinery? Did you learn from someone specific or it's been a, a bundle of kind of different um, mixes? Um, I, I really wish that I'd had the experience. I had a couple of years ago working in Philip Rhodes' workroom many, many years ago. I, I've been making hats for about 20 years now and I, I, I initially started, like most people do um, these days, um, at TAFE. Uh, and then I had to move into state and uh, where I moved to didn't really, it had some TAFE um, modules, but it didn't really have a, 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 specific, a specific course as such. So I really just learned from what was around at the time and what conferences that I, I could go to. But honestly, up until, um, oh, was it two or three years ago now, when I worked for Philip Rhodes for a season, um, for a spring racing season, that that was... The, the best training that I've, I've ever had. And I, I can't tell you how differently I look at how I think about making and, and how I look at uh, what I might design for a range. It, was, it, it just goes to show that, that every single day coming in and having to keep up with what's going on in the workroom and move through multiple things just just you know, it, it, there's nothing like just making hats every single day. 
And I was really fortunate when I was there because I was there when some theatre work was going on. So Sleeping Beauty for the Australian Ballet was going through the workroom and um, there was wholesale work going through the workroom as well as bespoke work. So I got, I was very, very fortunate. I got everything. And I got to make hats with some ladies who just, I honestly, they... (laughs) They they just they make beautiful hats. So, um, what kind of hats do you make yourself, or do you enjoy making for your clients? What kinds of hats? Oh, look, that that really is that that's about reading the client when they walk into the room. And and um, being Canberra, there's multiple uh, different. You know, there's there's military events to racing events to um, weddings and and just special occasions. You know, people who just like hats. Um, so it, it really depends on the person that walks in. And I really, I mean, you just, you read the personality when they walk in, look at the outfit that they got. And I do actually prefer that they already have an outfit with them. It makes it much easier. Um, and then just, and then just go from there. I just make something suitable for them and for the occasion. Do you have stock on hand? Like, do you design a collection or is it solely based on what they're walking through the door with or their idea when they enter the studio? Um, so I do... I'll make a range every year um, that, you know, will have a cohesive theme. It will be, it will be a range. Um, But in terms of people walking through the door, it's unusual that they might pick something for the range. It does, it does happen, but mostly, mostly I'll just, it'll be bespoke for them at, at the time. And that, that's far more interesting as well. Like, you know, (laughs) and when you're designing range, how do you go about it? Do you have a particular process or it just evolves as you're going along? How, how does that happen for you? Um, I start thinking about it really early. Um, and it's really important to look at what, what is going to come fashion wise, um, through the next season colors, um, you know, what kind of styles are going to be around so that whatever, whatever I do is, uh, relevant to what's to what's going on I do try and keep the colors relatively um, neutral with um, some you know interesting splashes here and there um, but uh, honestly I, I I I guess I just thinking start thinking about it early and then I'll I will pick I will pick something that's relevant and go with um, there'll be a color to tie it all together or you know a particular thing that I've been working on that will tie it together. So I'll just make sure that it's a, it's usually a small range, but I'll make sure it's a, it's a, a, a proper range. And is most of that sold through your studio or do you have shops that you retail through? Um, through me, um, there's a, there's some, uh, there's a shop in Canberra that I, that I sell through, um, um, Cardiff Collective, where a lot of local designers um, in Canberra and surrounds um, sell their wares through. Um, I have a stockist in uh, Melbourne, uh, and uh, I sell a few things online, but not 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 a great not a great deal. I, I think hats are so personal. It's um, it's a it's I personally find it a hard thing to sell online. So I I, I haven't really ever made um, a big push in that direction. I have a, I have a website, and I'm certainly happy to sell. I've certainly done the the email uh, back and forth and um, you know phone discussions and then you know they get a surprise when they open up their their box but um uh yeah yeah so yeah a, a few a few stockists around the place um but mostly it's mostly word of mouth do you do pieces for theatrical um works as well and operas and ballets yourself 
I, I do work for some local um, Canberra uh, theatre work. Um, so I've, I've, it depends on what's being produced in the year. You know, you would know yourself some years, you know, there's production after production and then other years, you know, there might only be one. So, you know, there've been some local productions of Mary Poppins and The Little Mermaid and, you know, if, if uh, Wicked, you know, I had to do an emergency goat head once. That was, that was exciting. <laughs> 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 Not many people can say that about their job, can they? I had to, I had to make an emergency boat head on the weekend. Um, so yes, uh, I do, and I enjoy theatre work. It's 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 challenging, and there's a lot of problem solving in theatre work. You know, you're working to somebody else's design a lot of the time, and it's. Um, but it's it's I really I really enjoy theatre work, and, there, and there's there's nothing like having to do something very quickly to suddenly discover what you actually can do. Do you have particular materials or techniques you like to favour? Um, I look, I do tend to try and stay with what's available. Um, you know, I will I will look at uh, the new stuff that comes that might that might come through, but it. There's only so much money you can kind of put into the materials before it starts to get, as you would know, very difficult to kind of, you know, make what you need back. Uh, and you can get some really good effects. I mean, I personally find it quite challenging to use what I have without buying anything, buying anything else and making it work. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's something else I learned from Philip. You just, you, you, you make it work. You, and if it's not going well, then you just make it better. It's a, it's a very simple philosophy, but it works. Um, and where do you look for when you're looking for inspiration for your pieces? Is there a particular go-to spot? Uh, no, to be honest with you. I might, um, I think about it a lot um, and, and I, might, uh, I might see something in a shop window or um, um, buy, you know, buy a piece of clothing and really like a colour or really like a design that, that I think, oh, that's very deco or that's, that's, you know, very whatever. And so I might go looking for a few images and things. Um, I, I don't have any particular go-to place. It's just what, whatever I have. I guess because I'm thinking about it a lot, a, a lot I'll, I'll see something and, and, you know, it'll trigger an idea. Um, and is there a fashion area you're most drawn to? If I had to pick one, and, and I do, I, I can actually look at every era and get something out of, you know, out of, out of all of them. Uh, I guess if I had to pick one, probably the deco period uh, would be the pick because the world changed so much so quickly. You know, the war happened, women's roles in society changed very quickly um, you know, things things got scarce, and you know the deco movement came in, and, and lines got really clean, and the the way they put colours together was you know was, was very interesting, and, and really reflected that that what was happening in the rest of the world, that massive change in um, in in technology roles, um, fashion. So I, I find it I, I find it very interesting. So when you're having a hat-making day, what does your day look like? What does my day look like? Um, I usually walk into the studio and think, gee whiz, I really should have cleaned that up before I started. Um, <laughs> that might have to be a bit of a tidy before I begin. Um, but no, usually if I'm, if I'm going to have a hat-making day, I usually do that before I walk in because I know there needs to be a bit of a tidy. 
um, so that I can just go in there. And I'm very lucky. I, I do have a, a properly set up workroom at home. So it's like a it's like a workroom at home with the gravity iron and all that kind of thing. Um, you know, blocking bench and, you know, the designated area. So I'm, I'm very, very lucky like that. Um, so I'll, I'll go in and, and basically just sit and do what I need to do. If I've had to do a bit of preparation before, a bit of blocking so that I know, so that I'm prepared, so that I know that I can just have a day um, uh, and it'll be, it'll be clear go where I don't have to stop and start things, I, I might prepare a few things beforehand. But um, I, I guess it's fairly... Uh, it, it's it's fairly organic. I do what I need to do to get the hat done. <laughs> and do you spend, um, how much of your week do you spend making hats? Um, well, I unfortunately, while I, while I would love to be a full-time uh, full milliner, I, I am actually a part-time milliner. Um, and so I, I do do something every week. Um, it's, it's unusual if I don't, um, but it's, uh, it's actually a matter of arranging all the other... Um, let's just say life chores um, into, into the other days of the week so that I can get a clear go. Um, you know, so I, I, I work four days a week in another job. So I have three days a week for, for millinery. And, and obviously at certain times of the year that becomes, that becomes three full days and everything else just ceases. <laughs> Washing. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't need to vacuum this week. <laughs> no. Um, what's the best handy hint someone gave you about making a hat? Oh, that would have come from Philip Rhodes, definitely. He's, he's actually given me a lot of handy hints. Um, uh, probably the best, and it, it, the best thing he's ever said to me that constantly rings in my head is just do it right the first time, Rachel. Um, and and it's, it's, it, it sounds, it, you know, if you're putting wire on, do it right the first time so you don't have to go back and do it again because it just, you know, if you put the stitches on too small, it's a waste of time. If you put them on too big, it doesn't work. You've got to go back and do them again. Um, you know, if you're doing something that you haven't done before, um, well, holding that just do it right the first time in your head really, really works. Um, and, and the other thing he's probably said to me, which, which also is very helpful, particularly when you're working by yourself and you're not in a workroom where you can kind of, you know, bounce off other people and, and somebody who's far more experienced um, is um, don't make the Eiffel Tower. So, I, you know, I was having great trouble blocking one day with this particularly difficult block and, and he looked over and said, you, you're making the Eiffel Tower there. And I looked at it and I said, yeah, I am. I am making the Eiffel Tower. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's very pragmatic, but really those two things um, are, are very, 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 very helpful to me. Um, and when did you, did you have a moment when you're like, this is, this is where I'm going to start my business or did it just happen kind of naturally through people wanting to have, a, have some of your pieces? Um, I made a, I made a decision uh, when uh, my partner and I moved back from Adelaide to Canberra. I, I made a decision then that that was when I was going to start the business. So that was in the early 2000s. Um, and what's been a key success for you in growing in growing your um, your presence or your customer base? Look, I think I, I honestly think word of mouth. I mean, I have an Instagram account and I have a Facebook account, and I you know I do all of I do all of the things that everybody else does. But 
in all honesty, this business, word of mouth, is incredibly powerful, um, particularly because it spans so many different um, occasions and because these days there, there aren't lots and lots of occasions where, you know, wearing a hat is a necessity. So it, if somebody needs something made, it's usually quite an occasion and the first thing they'll do is say, does anybody know? So it's it's does anybody know anyone so it, it that that's probably been the way that i've grown my business in in canberra you know i've been i've been lucky in that i've got to you know dress a few people and do a few you know um high profile occasions which is really nice but that just generally word of mouth that 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 has been the way to go for me um who would you most like to see wearing one of your pieces I don't know that I don't know that it's a, a person that I would that I would yeah I, I don't know that a celebrity or a name springs to mind I I, I guess because I love I, I really like working for theatre it's more about character for me so I, it's more about dressing a, a character one of those um, you know really uh, abrasive old ladies like um, Lady Catherine de Berg in Pride and Prejudice or or King of the Gypsies, or or King of the Beggars, you know that that those kinds of um, characters that where you really get to do something that that speaks to their their character. Um, yeah, I I think it's more about characters for me than you know. To be honest with you, anyone who walks in and and puts on a hat um, that I made them and is thoroughly delighted with you know, and you can see that lift. Don't you 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 know what I mean? You 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 can see it when they put on their hat and they just love it. I'm really happy with that. I'm that's I'm satisfied with that. That that's that's why why I like making hats. Do you have a most enjoyable commission that you look back or piece that you made like yeah that was that was a highlight yeah not 12 months little over 12 months ago I got to make a hat for the current ambassador to the Holy See she was going to Rome so she needed a couple of hats to to go with her um so one of those hats uh she presented her credentials to the Pope in and one of them she actually wore to the canonization of Mother Teresa so uh, I got wow. to vicariously participate in some, you know, fairly significant, um, you know, a, a fairly significant event. So that that's probably the most recent one that sticks out in my mind that, um, you know, and that's the nice thing about making hats for people. You know, they go to royal weddings and they, you know, and it's, and it's, it's lovely. You get, you know, you, you get to, to get, you get to participate vicariously without having to um, do the long haul flight. <laughs> a little piece of you gets to go as well. Yes. Um, do you have any exciting plans for what's coming up next? Any any projects in the works? Oh, what's coming up next? Gosh, um, I'm going to be doing some teaching next year. I've 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 kind of uh, avoided isn't the right word, but I haven't I haven't managed to dip my toe into the the, the teaching waters. Um, you know, until this year. So um, I'll probably be doing a bit more of that next year. And I'm just thinking about next year's range, to be perfectly honest with you. So I just, I usually take the time after um, spring racing and, you know, over Christmas just to, just to start having a little think, a little look around at what, what there is, um, tidy up the workroom so that I can start properly, that kind of thing. I vacuumed up sequins this morning, so, you know, it was, <laughs> it's work to be done in there. <laughs> Is there anything else in 
else you want to add in or look for anyone who's listening i guess the only thing i could say if, if you and I, I know i'm going i'm going back on something i've already to something i've already said if you ever get the experience to work in a, and, and and you would know this from working in a workroom if you ever get the experience to work in a workroom with somebody who knows what they're doing and um, you know, with with other people, it, it it is an invaluable experience that you should absolutely take up because there's there's nothing like just doing that day after day after day with like-minded people. And and it's yeah, I I, I really I really can't thank Philip Rhodes enough for that opportunity. It's um it really has changed how I how I look at look at what I do, which is far more pragmatic than I ever used to do. I used to agonize over over decisions or what I was going to and now it's it, it's the decisions come far, far more easily. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely agree. You can't you can't beat it. Like there's nothing no. and he always compares to how we learn people learn to make hats now. You learn to make a hat, you design the hat, you have to make all those like his decision how would you also the decision making process and when you're in someone else's work they go here so this that's the only thing you have to focus on is executing yeah. that and getting it right the first time yeah yes absolutely yes. I do agree. it's 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 a hard gig it's a hard gig to learn how to make hats like that these days to you know to have to start designing from the very first hat you make generally speaking that that's how people um do it these days it, it's a really hard it's a hard gig um, because you know you, you you haven't learned to make the hat before you're actually starting to design, and they two are they're, they're two very distinctly different things. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Rachel. It was so lovely to speak with you, and hope you have a wonderful cleanup time and preparation <laughs> for the 2018 season. Thank you, Lauren. You too. for this podcast we look forward to bringing you another episode soon if you've enjoyed this podcast there's many ways that you can share it with a friend through instagram facebook or send a link to our website or our soundcloud we look forward to speaking to you soon about some wonderful hats